0: We are in Yeshua, Perik Vav. Perik Vav deals with the conquest of Yericho, the miraculous toppling of its walls. We began the Perik last time. We, we, we went through the first five psukim, where Hashem gave Yeshua instructions for the, the ritual, how they would proceed to march around Yericho for seven days, and, and there were Shofros. The end, and then on the seventh day they would uh, they would march around seven times and then they would blow the shofar, and the whole nation would cry out to and then the wall would fall and they'd be able to be able to uh, enter and conquer the city so we're up to Pasikvav, above Pasikvav. so the Navi says we give his full name here he called to the Khannim he, he passed along with instructions. He passed along the instructions that Hashem had given him. Yomer aleihem. He said as follows: their own habris carry the ark of the covenant. The Shiva Seven kolanim shall carry seven shofros. Yovelim. We said last time. Most of the commentary say yovelim mean they came from rams. The ram's horns, like we use in Rosh Hashanah. Some say yovelim mean the the horn that they used, the the shofar the they used to blow on the yovel. But either way, take, take the, the seven Kohanim, take seven shofaros, one one shofar per coin. Hashem, <laughs> <laughs> they should they should carry them before the Aron. Vayomer, vayomeru. The k'siv is vayomeru. The kri is vayomer, vayomer El This is a point we've made previously, in Navi, that we, we have the, the ancient and somewhat mysterious phenomenon of kriuk ksiv. There are there are words that are that our tradition is they're written a certain way but they're read differently, they're, they're read in a way which is not normally how you would read the word as written. We have a, some of those in the Chumash. Uh, a couple of famous ones in the Tochecha, it says Ba'apolim, we read it Patachorim, it says yishkolena we read it Yishkolenah, the word The word Nara is often written, is, is, is written uh, without a hey, we read it with it, so if it's said it with a hey, we, we pronounce them, we pronounce them in a kind of, uh, we pronounce them really really in a, in, a, in, a, in a similar way, but there are a handful of these creasing sieves in the there are a handful of these kris and ksivs in the Torah and in Navi there are many of them. And particularly with the ones in Navi, we said in our introduction to Yeshua, particularly with the ones in Navi, the overall pattern, not always I don't think, but the overall pattern is that the kree is the one that makes more sense, grammatically, syntactically, the Cree is what you think we, if you were a teacher grading papers, you, you would prefer the Cree over the ksiv. So, what is the ksiv and what is the Cree and why are there two? So the traditional approach is they're, they're both part of Torah, they both come in Ashamayim. Minashamayim we have a tradition from, from, from the divine that, that that both are both are different aspects of the Navi. There's one way of the Xiv and there's one way of the Kri. We had this recently in the Megillah. We had, there are two or three places in the Megillah where it's uh, where well it's not so clear. The two of them with the minigivs read twice. Bi'am Rame Love Yom Yom Kim Rame Love Yom Yom, and Lahashmid Laharo Gula and Lahashmid Vilaharogula Beid. The, the, and, 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 and the third one is the, the what's the third one Simcha the the the, the, the Bamram and Kiamram I think is the Kriyuk We read it as a Kriyuk It says that, that, that we read it. It's written one way. We read it the other way. and the other one is ve'ish la'amad bifnei ham, um, ve'ish so, this, so the, the, these are cases either of where there's a question about the text, or cases of Kree and Siv. And in Navi, there are many of them. And in Navi, in general, I don't know, but the ones in the may maybe are different. But the one in, in Navi, in general, the ones, the Cree is, uh, as I said, is the one that seems to be more more correct. We mentioned the Radak. The Radak says that the, the Radak suggests that the that the that, 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 that when they had a doubt about the text, so that when Ezra, when Ezra. Corruptions had crept in in Gullus, and when they had doubts about the text, so they sometimes they could resolve it and they put the correct one, sometimes they weren't sure, so they put one as decree and one as the csiv, the one that seemed more correct they put as decree, and the one that seemed less correct they put as the <laughs> civ. Right, so, so 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 Dr. Rapp is pointing out that the one here, that they, they have a different meaning grammatically. Vayomer is singular, he said. Vayomeru is plural. If it's Yeshua speaking, it was uh, the next passage going to say vahikam or Yeshua elham. Yeshua was the one who spoke, so it would seem correct to say vayomer, which, as I, as I said, vayomer is the Kree, and the Kree is usually the one that seems more more natural or more correct. In context, the question is what's the Kree about? So we said the Radak says that... When they had variant text and they weren't 100% sure, they, they preserved both. They, they put kind of the the, the the one that was preferable in the Greek, they left the other one in the ksiv, but they weren't sure. Yes, that's another question. Yeshua here, he's usually referred to just as Yeshua. Occasionally he's referred to, occasionally occasionally he's referred to as, 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 by his father's name, as many people are in the Torah, as the son of Nun. Yeshua in particular has an interest... Right, Yeshua in particular has an odd, usually in Hebrew, ben, we is a segel, ben, as, like the English B-E-N, ben. For some reason, Yoshua bin Nun is referred to, always, whenever we say bin, we say his father, we, we have a chiric, bin, as in B-I-N in English. The question is why? We I think we discussed a, a theory or two about that back when we started Yoshua. I don't I don't remember exactly what they were. I think someone might have said because they because the two nuns go together that somehow pronouncing it is easier to uh, it just uh, a, a, some of the grammatical rules in Hebrew have to do with what what with where, where how the pronunciation is more natural. So it somehow easier or more natural to say bin. I don't remember exactly. Simcha? A Not with the sign of well, like, the Right. and Right. The sifra is pointing out, going back to the general topic of creatives, that very often, according to the midrash or according to the mafreshim, that we, we say they're actually both correct in different ways. There was one in Parashat Toldos where it says that when the servant of Abraham visited. Rivka's family, so it says they placed food before him. So it says, so there, there, there's a Korean civ, Vayisem, or Vayusem. Vayisem means he put, and Vayusem means it was put, and there's a Midrash that says that they served him poison, and an angel switched it with, uh, with Basuel's food, that they were trying to assassinate him, and instead uh, an angel saved his life by switching around the food. So the food wound up being eaten by the suels, so both vayisim and vayusim were correct. How? Explain. How are they both correct? Explain so how it works. Because um, one of them is referring to, um, love and Lavan gave him the food, and then the other one is referring to the, the, the mal um, Right. So the so vayisim means he placed, the, 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 the simple form the conjugation means love and served, the servant of Avram, the food I used to it was put by someone else by an angelic uh, manipulator it was it was put instead by uh, in front of Basuel because it was swapped by the angel who was foiling I heard it. I heard it. Uh, they're both referring to because first, first Lavan put the food before him. And then Malas, um, and then Malas put Lavan food before. Okay, so Simka's saying a little, little differently. The different. v- vayisem means they're both referring to the servants of Avram's food. Vayisem means he was served directly, the poison food by Lavan. And the Vayusem, other food was placed before him when the when the angel swapped his poison food with good food and also gave his poison food to Bazuel. But, but, but so it was placed. Different food was placed before form. So very often we have these these interpretations. How we, even when there are grammatical differences, like you're pointing out, how they were still both correct. And the Radak, in particular, the Radak, oth, oth, throughout his Pirusha Navi, oth, often uh, often explains how both are correct. Also grammatically, he often he, he usually explains in a more down to earth way how even according to the simple reading of the of the, of the Navi, both have uh, grammatical legitimacy. In this case, there's no exception. In this case, the Radak says. Above. The k'siv is with a vav, which means, as you said, they said. Vayomer means he said. So how do we how do we how do we square those two? He says, if it's plural, if it's vayomeru, which is the which is the k'siv, then it's Yeshua v'haKoanim, Yeshua with his assistants, the Koanim, they, the team, they they were the leaders. So they 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 they, put, they convey the message to the rest of the Jewish people. If it's vayomer according to the creed, then it's Yeshua by himself. So it's the same general idea that Yeshua possibly with an assistance of his team, uh, conveyed the message, it's either vayamuru or Vayomeru. They, they, they both mean essentially the same thing. But that, that's commonly the Radox approach throughout NAVI, in my limited experience that he, he he explains both are correct, not usually through quite as dramatic a reading as Simcha said from the midrash and Paul told us he usually explains more in a more prosaic way how the basic idea can be expressed more or less correctly through either of the two either of the two grammatical right. Question of bin yes so that, that I don't I don't remember fully, I don't remember all the details, but yeah that that, that is a that is a, a striking point how the bin is usually with a chiric as opposed to a uh, as opposed to a, a so what's he? He told them the message by Yomra al Ha'am, Ivru Basobu <laughs> Asaier, to pass on and, and surround the city and circle the city. <laughs> the Chalutz the, the shall 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 pass in, in front of the Aron. What is the Chalutz? So the Chalutz is the, the vanguard. The in this case the vanguard was the, the two and a half tribes who had promised made a deal with Moshe and Yeshua, we had it in, in, in the Chumash, and then in the beginning of the first, the first parakel, they they had promised, they had asked to have their inheritance in Eretz Yardin The deal was, if you don't try to shirk your your duty to join in the conquest of the rest of Eretz Canaan, and you march and you march with the Jewish people, and, and they had promised to march in the vanguard, they 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 would be the pointy edge of the spear. So Ruvain, Gad, and Chetisha and Manasseh, Ruvain the tribe of Ruvain, the tribe of Gad, tribe the tribe of Ruvain, the tribe of God and the uh, and half of Manasseh. They they were going to be chalutzim. The chalutz can mean chaluts can mean a pioneer, it means someone who's out in front, who is at the the beginning of a, of an adventure, of an endeavor. So someone who's out in front is called the chalutz. So it says the chalutz yavar. So again, the grammar chal, yavar is singular. Chalutz and yavar are singular. There were a lot of people involved. The mafarshim explained there were there were there were tens of thousands of people, but it says the chalutz because chalutz is expressed in the singular. The so so that's, so that's why it says. That's what. That's why it uses language like that. Um, in particular, the the, Chalots, the Chalots included. Uh, we said the tribes were Reuven, Gad, and half of Manasseh So, Gad in particular were mighty. Were heroes. Were were, 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 were military uh, military heroes. Rashi brings from the Sebracha It says that the uh, They were mighty. They they, they struck powerful blows. Bezroach Moshe Nemar that uh, in, in the brachas Moshe gave to the tribes on his deathbed he described the force the military prowess of God so God apparently were, were heroes and in particular it was fitting besides their promise it was fitting that they belonged in the, in the vanguard of the army because they were they were a they were a strong they were they were a strong fighting force so it says that the, it says that the colour would be Ya'bar l'feir and Hashem by he, he Emor Yeshua, Elam. When Yeshua gave these instructions to the people, the Shiva Kohanim, Nosim, Shiva Shofros Yovelim, and again the the Rabbi repeats this yet, yet again. Seven Kohanim would carry the seven Yovel Shofros of Nei The Avruv V'Saku They they passed. They passed. And they blew their Shofros. By round B'Shashem Hola Behind them was the Aaron. They were ahead of the Aaron. The Aaron was behind them. The Achalot Telech of Nei Kohanim Tekei Shofros. And again the vanguard. That they, they would, they, 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 the the Chalots passed, pass, so the Kohanim were in front of the Aron, the Chalots was in front of the Kohanim, and the one who blew the Shafaras. We have if The Maaseif, the say, refers to Sheva Dun. Sheva Dun is described as Maaseif, the Machanos, Sheva Dun in the midbar, in the beginning of Chomish Dvarim, from midbar. Yeah! Fine. Yeah. In the beginning of Chomesh Ma so it describes the encampment of the Jews. They encamped in a circle, in a square around the, the Shevet Levi. The Mishkan was in the center, and the tribes camped uh, tribes camped around around the around the Mishkan. And the uh, dun was Maaseh V'Kolamachnos. Dun was in the rear, and, and dun, dun would collect any stragglers. Dun, dun would collect possessions that were left behind or people who had straggled. The so dun was called the Maaseh. So the so the so the Navi says that the the Nabita Ma'asif the Ma'asif was, was behind Aaron, similar to the way they traveled in the desert. And they, they they were going as they blew the Shofaros the, 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 the Mafarashram explained. It doesn't mean the Ma'asif blew the Shofaros the the, the the grammar is a little bit ambiguous. Halokh Visaqah is going back on the Kohanim who blew the Shafaris. They they would walk in this formation with the Vanguard, Reuben God and Manasseh. In the front of the Aaron, then the Kohanim, then the Aaron, then the Maaseh behind the Aaron, and all, and 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 they they march in this formation. While they were blowing the shofaros, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, right. The so tokeh here is a kriyim ksiv again. That the the Cre is plural tokei The Kohanim plural were the were the ones plural tokeh, those who blew the shofaros. The the is the, the is okay it with, with, with it's a single blower right so again once so 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 once again the like the tension you can make now you know what one second so actually there's a things that we do there's a so much variety no with above at the end. Yeah, 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 right, right. So the the, 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 the c is with above at the end and the cree is with the above in the, the middle and a unit at the end. So the so the, so the so so the Cree. Right. So Moves after the top. Yeah. Uh-huh. the it's a, little, it's a little bit confusing because, at least in my, in my Navi, for example, maybe yours also, the, even on the ksiv, they, they still printed the nikud of the kri, which, which makes it a little confusing. But basically. Yeah, but that, down below, it, it has toke kri and it has the above after the top. Right, so the, 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 that's how it is. The, 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 the kri is tough vav, kuf eigen hey, and you read it toke, the, the, plura, the blower is plural. The ksiv is, to, is, is without the first vav, and the yud at the end is as a vav, so it's tough kuf eigen vav. So that, that that would be the past the past form of, of taku they blew. Redox again, so they both mean the same thing. When it says uh, if it's taku, the galanim who blew the shofaros, uh, who had blown, who did blow the shofaros, and and if the girsa is if 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 the if the girsa is uh, if the girsa is toke, it means those who were blowing in the pre- present form, those 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 who were blowing the shofaros. You see, you clash the, image of it's in, the wild right. now, a, in reality, we know that lions are really scavengers, they could that but that's not the image it. So, That's an interesting point. So the, the question is, we, we we just mentioned that God was in the front because the Torah, the a the because they were mighty warriors, and Don was in the back, but Don Guraye, also of us HaBarachah, Don is compared to a lion. As a matter of fact, I keep asking my son, by my little trivia question, maybe not trivia, I keep asking him how many different tribes are prepared to a lion. So the answer is three or four Yehuda in Pasha Tayachi, Gurarye Yehuda, Kararavaskaraye, the Yehimenu, Don Guraye, Zeg Rahavashan. And um, there, there, there are another one or two. There's. Uh, there's. there's Ad- no so God is Taraf um, y- Yosef is B'charshur. Yosef is compared to an ax, a camel, rain But also in V'zosa Baracha we have... Um, uh, God, God is compared to a lion as well. He says, Baruch marchiv G'od. Kilavi uh, <laughs> uh, that he's compared to a lavi, which is also a form of a lion. So there are at least three or four tribes who are compared to lions. One of them is done. So the question is, the question is again, a lion. At least in the imagery of the Torah, the lion is the king of the beast, The lion is the, the lion is mighty. As as we mentioned also, the, in, 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 in observed uh, in observed zoology. The, the the male lions are actually uh, lazy and freeloaders and much of their food comes from kills of other animals including the lionesses who apparently are the apparently are the effective hunters the lionesses they, 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 they hunt in packs and they they actually bring down a fair amount of prey and then the lions come and push them out of the way and take them and, and, and take some of the some of the stuff for themselves but yes so oh yes it's a good interesting question and uh, I don't know yes uh, but but uh, one was the massive despite the fact that they were also I think some say that massive also needed powerful warriors to, to, to form an effective rear guard to defend the uh, relatively vulnerable rear you also need powerful warriors in the back as well as the front yeah i'm not sure so, so okay so they march in this procession and then it says the people were instructed you should commanded them don't make noise during this period don't uh, don't raise your voice don't let your voice be heard don't say anything. Don't don't just, just remain silent. Until the day that I tell you that you shall uh, be meria, you should cry out. Then and then will it will be time for you to make your true We mentioned last time that Bag says. But this was for military security. This was this was this was to keep a low profile. So they shouldn't be attacked. They shouldn't be a target for uh, that. That's that's how you fight a war. You you, you don't expose. Your, you don't reveal your position. You don't reveal your location until it's time to attack. Until you have to. As long as you're maneuvering and you're getting ready, ideally you keep your location secret, so the enemy shouldn't attack you. They also they they weren't going to be doing the actual fighting. The actual Breakthrough wasn't going to occur until the seventh day. So, the Bag says that for the, for the in the interim they should be quiet because even though Hashem is going to protect them and make great miracles, Hashem doesn't make miracles for no reason. We discussed the spies and other things that Hashem prefers to do things with ha-teva, steps where necessary to do otherwise. So, here Hashem was saying, be quiet so you don't make any noise, they won't attack you. Others disagree, but, but that was how the Bag understood. And then the Pasuk says, Hakeivs pah So the Aaron went around the city one time. Baivov hamachirah, and then they came to the the camp. Ba'elim hamachirah. They 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 stayed overnight. And then the pesukim say, Ba'yeshchem Yeshua v'boker. The Yeshua get up in the morning. Ba'yisua koladim tiron Hashem again. The koladim carries Aaron. Ba'shiva knows nosin shiva shofros a again. This parak is somewhat repetitious. It seems we keep hearing the same instructions and the same proceedings over and over. That's why I'm reading through it kind of quickly because the Mefarshim are scattered throughout these Sukkim. They, they, they deal with some of the same questions, but the because of the apparent repetition, the Mefarshim write their comments on different parts of the parak. So, the Shiva Kohanim know some Shiva Shofars, the the seven Kohanim were carrying the seven Yovil Shofars, and Hashem Holchem Halak <laughs> Pasakub They walked in front of the Aram, they blew their Shofarot, and again, Hakhalat Holat The vanguard walked in front of them. The Maasev Shavat Dun Hashem. She, and again, Shabbat walked Walk behind the Aaron. the shofaros. We have another kriyim. who haloch and haloch uh, and uh, and Holek That, uh, that uh, the that the is haloch that they walked the present participle or something like that. holek means uh, means we're walking. Again, it means the same thing. That it means uh, the different grammatical forms, but they mean the same thing. That they were walking with the shofaros, blowing the shofaros and then they surrounded the city on the second day, again, one time it took them are clear. each of the seven days, they went around one time, on the seventh day, they were going to go around seven times, like we said, like we do on Sukkot, on the Shana Rabbah the end of the second day one circle, they returned to camp this is what they did uh, this is what they did for six days on the seventh day they got up early or another Kriyuk The Ke'alot HaShachar, HaShachar. So here again, it's yes, that Kriyuk uh, Siv. Here, the doctor doesn't even tell you what the difference is. They mean almost exactly the same thing. The At-Alo HaShachar, around HaShachar. One is maybe a slightly more precise than the, than, the, than the other. So, was Seirika, Mishpah, Zesha, Ba'amun, the seventh day was was, was special. They, they surrounded the city seven times. Rakpa Yamahu, only on this day, Sav was ir Shavapamim. Some say that the first half of the Posse Bay Subwasir Krishna Savashavam. That means for the seven days they went around once and only on the only on the seventh day they went around seven times. Some say the whole posse is going on the seventh day. On the seventh day they went around seven times. Either way the intent is clear. The seventh day they went around seven times. And uh, and on the seventh uh, each day they went around one time, and on the seventh day they went around they went around seven times. Uh, what it says, they went around on the seventh day. Uh, that meaning that, that, that they went around once, which was the seventh time, one time per day, and then by Yomahu they went around more times to make a total of seven times. Okay, either way, the intent of the possibility is to each day one time. The seventh day was the. Seventh time, but also the seventh day had seven times of it, seven times total of its own. That was uh, That was the. Uh, that was what they did on the seventh day, and then the tzeikim go on, and they say that on this seventh day, they, 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 He told the um. Finally, he told the arm, um, Now hariyu, you should try out, and uh, and, uh, and and we're going to conquer the city. Read the next couple of him He said, <laughs> and the Seventh time, the the seventh hakafa of the kohanim. He, yeah. Takuakvadim the shafaros. The Kohanim blew the shafaros. Yeshua told the people, Hariyu, Now it's your turn to, your turn to cry out." Nothing Hashem has given the city into your hands. The city shall be a cherem. It shall be designated rock, rock Again, the promise to save the roshmas. of Azona who had who had helped them, and they had promised to spare her and her family, Rakh Rachamazel Latifya, spare her life. He Vakhalah Sherei spare her and everyone with her in the house. He Hach Baasa She hid the the, the messengers, the, the spies that we sent, so it's to spare her. Rashi says, B'Haysoi Er Chirim The all the all the property in the city after they annihilated the inhabitants was Hektish for Hashem. Why? he Kiayom Shabbos Kodesh Roi Leos Kodesh Shlal HaMichlobo. Why was it hectic? Because this, this was the seventh day. The seventh day was not just number seven in the sequence. coin to Rashi, according to many commentaries, coin to Chazal, this was the. We mentioned this briefly last time. The seventh day was the seventh day of the week. They had begun this proceeding on Sunday, the first day of the week. The seventh day, with the special seven seven hakafos and the crying out of the people and the toppling of the walls and the molchama, all that occurred on the seventh day of the week on Shabbos. Therefore, is appropriate. Not, not so clear exactly why, but therefore it's appropriate that this, should, that, that, this happened on, that this happened on Shabbos. Maybe we'll discuss a little bit more about that next week, about, about the next time we learn about why, what the connection is between Shabbos and Hechtish and so on. At this point, that it was supposed to be a harem, it was supposed to be hechtish, is going to be very important for the next part of the story, about the story of Achan, who uh, unfortunately gave into temptation and violated the harem and the Jews were punished by by losing a a battle, and then he was killed. A a very tragic and important story. But in the meantime, I want to focus, for the rest of our time today, I want to focus on this point of Rashi, of Chazal, of many commentaries, that that the seventh day occurred on Shabbos. This This is the opinion of Rashi, as we said. It is based on a language of Chazal, and it's adopted by many other commentaries, for example, the Radak. Radak says that... The first of the seven days was Sunday. That is the tradition of Kazal, of, of, <coughs> of the sages of the Talmud, of the Midrash. The seventh day was on Shabbos. Now, the, the, what's particularly noteworthy about this was that if we assume the seventh day was Shabbos, then the war, the battle, the killing occurred on Shabbos. Normally, that would be considered a of shabbos So, this is what the Talmud tells us, that there's a special dispensation in such cases to fight even on Shabbos. Exactly what the dispensation is, what the parameters are, We'll discuss a little bit further. The Gemara in Shabbos, Talmud Bavli, the Gemara says, "Ain yam You should not begin a siege of an enemy city of a, of a non-Jewish city within three days of Shabbos. But in eskilu, if you began earlier in the week and the siege lasted through till Shabbos, ain you know to You can continue the campaign on Shabbos. Hashemai Omer, the Elder would say. Ad Ridita, the Torah tells us in Varim that we should relentlessly uh, prosecute the war against the Canaanites, the indigenous people of Canaan. Ad Ridita, when you attack a city, you should, uh, you should offer peace, but if they don't accept peace, then you then you uh, then you should proceed to, to defeat them and uh, don't don't hold back. until you destroy them. Afilu the Gemara darshan that the Shamay Darshin that you, you can continue the war even on Shabbos. You should not begin a war. Within, you should not begin a siege or campaign within three days of Shabbos. So if you began earlier, you don't need to stop. You, you can continue fighting even on Shabbos. Rambam the the Rambam brings this the Rambam says we we begin sieges we begin military campaigns against cities of idolaters three days before Shabbos meaning start three days before but you can continue the war every single day once you started uh, properly three days before you can continue fighting every day even on Shabbos until you conquer and, and achieve victory over the city, the awful piece of even though we're not dealing with a Mulchames Mitzvah, like destroying the knanim, even though we're dealing with a Mulchames Rishus, a war of choice, as we say, the Pia alamdu. he brings this drasha of the Sifrei, of the Bavli, Ad until you conquer it, a of The Gemara Dash from this Pasuk, that you you fight the war even on Shabbos, and all this is even Mulchames Rishus, a war of choice. The Einzar form of Mitzvah. This is certainly true. It goes without saying. This is true for Buchamak Mitzvah. We fight on Shabbos. Lokovash, Yoshua, Yericho, Elabashabbos. Rambam brings the Midrash that Yoshua's battle against Yericho occurred occurred on Shabbos. That's again, Debra That the, 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 the seven circuits, the seven days of circling Yericho began on Sunday. The final one, the the conquest, the toppling of the walls, and the, the actual battle occurred on Shabbos. We fight even on Shabbos. That's the opinion of, again, of Chazal in various places, of a number of the them There is one, one dissenting opinion, there, there always is, there, there is one dissenting opinion, and that is Ravsad Yagon. Ravsad Yagon was one of the greatest of the Gonim more than a thousand years ago. He wrote Sefer HaMunas Videas, the, the book of doctrines and opinions, beliefs and opinions, one of the, perhaps the first uh, post-Talmudic systematic work of Jewish thought, of Jewish theology, one of the great, great, great classics of traditional Jewish theology. the Muna deals with all the big questions. It deals with uh, the existence of God, divine providence, redemption, mitzvahs, the nature of the Torah, and so on. So he has a section in the Munus where he deals with claims of various apicursim, various heretics, Karaites, his great ideological opponents were the Karaites, were, 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 were a group of Jews who rejected the, the traditions of Torah Shebaal Peh. They venerated the Torah Shabuchav and the biblical text, but they had very different interpretations of it. Anyway, so if Sadi was fighting Various uh, various heretics, various sectarians, and what's one of the one of the one of the beliefs they had apparently was they believed that the Torah changes, or the, or people didn't didn't keep the Torah very uh, very very consistently. They said if you look in Tanakh, they said that the Torah is full of changes to the Torah and violations of the Torah. That the, the narrative of the Torah itself, Plemish and the Navium, are full of the instances of variations of the Torah. So, uh, but, uh, violations and variations of the Torah. Okay. I mean, obviously, we know that there were Rishon. We know that throughout the First Temple period, or there was idolatry right and left and murder and corruption. You know, we, know, we know, of course, that the Jews didn't always live up to the Eglasov. The, the we just read a couple of weeks ago, the last a week ago in the Flemish we read they, 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 they built the Golden Calf uh, just days after Matan Torah. Obviously, the Jews didn't always live up to the standards of the Torah, but more than that, the, these heretics were arguing that even the the nation itself, even the establishment, didn't 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 keep the Torah consistently, and that they, we, we simply don't uh, don't really fulfill the Torah in a systematic and and, and the Torah changes. So one of the examples they brought is the ninth claim, the ninth of their list of objections and uh, examples they give is Yeshua Nilchem Biyom Yoshua fought against Erika and Shabbos, still on Shabbos, you're not on the fire on Shabbos. As a matter of fact, on yesterday's Pasha it says age become a You're not allowed to kindle a fire in any of your habitations. There's a famous midrash of Kazal that the Khalmash vasechem refers to based in. That means even the court, when, when even when the court is doing its business of punishing, executing people on Shabbos, executing people, you can't do it on Shabbos, even based in even, the Mishkan couldn't be built on Shabbos. The the Torah is very clear, certainly Torah Shbalpeh is clear, that we don't allow violations of the Shabbos, even for pretty good reasons, even for a port based in business, even for even for even for building the mikkash. So, but Yeshua fought on Shabbos. So you see that the, you know we only pay lip service to keeping the Torah when it's not convenient. We, you know, we we, we do what we want. Says Rav, says Sadia, the Ain hadover came. This is not correct. Yeshua did not fight on Shabbos because he says it doesn't say it's true. They fought. It's 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 true that they it, 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 it's true that they, the, the, the that this campaign against Iricho did last seven days. It did last. It, it did it did, it did go seven days. By obviously includes at least one Shabbos says Rav Sadia, that's true. So obviously one of these seven days was Shabbos. One and exactly one day was Shabbos. However, for, for the first six days, they weren't fighting. They just marched around uh, blowing a shofar and holding the arun. That doesn't involve any Malachi, he says. If there's no malacha, you can argue that carrying the arun might have been uh, there They were carrying it, so, I'm not, so that, that sounds like carrying, which we don't do on Shabbos. Blowing a shofar is actually Hosea on Shabbos. We don't do it today, but that's forbidden. That, that, that's a Dindra on. Mideraisa, then there is no malacha involved in blowing a shofar. It's not one of the thirty-nine malachas. Midaraisa you can blow the shofar to your heart's content. But Rabbanu, we don't do it because Hashma has we, we don't make, we don't play instruments and make noise in general on Shabbos. Particularly in Rosh we don't do it. Those tzadiri might carry it, but but, but in general, in Midaraisa there's nothing wrong with blowing a shofar. And they weren't fighting for seven days. And these are much you Shabbos, he says. Yom HaShvi, the seventh day, they did fight. We're, we're going to get to that next time, probably. But the seventh day, they, they, did, they did actually wage war. And they wage war. That was not Shabbos, he says. It doesn't say that was Shabbos. It was the seventh day from the first day. But it wasn't the seventh day of the week. So contrary to Chazal in several places, Ad Riddit, that Yeshua Contrary to the Rambam, and Chazal in various places, that Yeshua, that, that Yeshua captured. The Gemara we read just says, Ad Tell you can fight on Shabbos. It doesn't say Yeshua fought on Shabbos, but elsewhere, in Shalmi, I think, says that they, Yeshua actually, the seventh day was Shabbos, like the Radak brings. So unlike that that position of Fazal and the Rambam, Rav Sadia, Sadi was before the Rambam, Rav said, no, it was not Shabbos. One of the first six days was Shabbos and they weren't doing any Malachah. And the seventh day that was Shabbos said so the seventh day that they did Malachah, they fought a battle, was not Shabbos. At this point, the least to Sadia is the, ark, is the Ark carrying itself. So that's a good question. So a very interesting question. So I mentioned earlier that the that carrying the aron should have been is, is carrying. Car- carry, car- carry, carrying is one of the thirty-nine Malachis of Shabbos. We mentioned a few weeks ago that there was a it's a famous gemara, a famous idea of Chazal that the aron nosi is nosim. It says that when they crossed the Yardin, so the glanim who carried the aron just stepped in and stepped back out, and then the Yardain after the Jews crossed the, the river began to flow again when the glanim left the yarden, and then the aron picked them up and swooped them over the yarden. Aron nosi is nosim. That's why Uzzah was punished, the uh, Chazal say, when they were carrying the Oren toward Yerushalayim. The, they were carrying it by cattle, and the, the ark looked like it was going to fall, so Uzzah stretched out a hand to hold it up, and God struck him down. God killed him because the ark doesn't need you. The ark can carry itself. So, maybe you can argue if the aron was carrying itself, it wasn't really Hudsah. That's a very interesting point. I, I, in my partial share a few weeks ago, I, I noted that some of the classic refership, the Balitosis and others, have said that the aron did not generally carry itself. It was only on very special occasions. The, the, the crossing of the in the, the time of Uzzah, was only on special occasions where the power of God was imminent, was, was manifest for the, the rush, I made the Great Nays, splitting of the Ardane. At the time of Uzzah, when the Plishtim had captured the Arun, and the Arun uh, made their lives so miserable it, it, its power started to oppress the Plishtim until they were forced uh, to, uh, to, to come back to the Jews with their tail and begin their legs. And said, Please, take the Arun back. It's, you know, it's a holy thing. We, we can't, you know, it's, it, it's, too, it's, 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 it's too powerful for us. They were forced to send it back. In those cases, when we saw the Yad Hashem, the Arun carried itself. You can argue, I guess, Yericho, the walls of Yericho might have been the same thing. There was about to be a great nace, one of the epic nisim of the Bible, where the walls of Yericho were going to topple. Maybe that also, even according to that approach, maybe the Oran carried itself. But on other occasions, it didn't. Some say the Oran always carried itself. So that's a very interesting question. Maybe there wasn't really hotel because the Oran was really carrying itself. And the chauffeurs said they were being... They to carry the chauffeurs, you're pointing out. Unless they are the Oran that was carrying itself. Right. I don't wonder so, so there's, so there are, uh, there, there are, there are different approaches. I, I have here a copy of Yosef Kapach, Samunos Videos. He raises this question. He says, blowing a show for itself, as we said, the Gemara says, is not a malacha. It's, it's not melacha. Carrying, he says, he says there are ways to avoid carrying. Midaraisa, he gives a kind of rabbinic shivish answer. He says that the halacha is. Carrying, there are two kinds of carrying on Shabbos. One of them is going from a a <coughs> Yochit to a <coughs> rabin or vice versa. Private domain, a, a wall domain to a Rishusha Ravim, carrying from your house to the street, carrying from the street to the shul. Those are examples of Hutzah. And that, and that there's, no, there's, no, there's no minimum distance. You go from one domain to the other, and that's Hutzah. The other kind of Hutzah is going for Amos in a up in the street, you walk 10 feet, put it down again, stop walking, that, that's uh, that's also itself. It, even though you're not changing domains, if you go a minimum of four hours, which is somewhere between six and eight feet, then that, that's also itself. So, the, the, the latter form of Hutzah, which requires four amas, if you don't go four amas is mutter, even look at Tila, if you find something in the street and you want to carry it three feet forward, you can pick it up, carry it, and put it back down. Even even you look at Hila, you're allowed to do that the Ikra did, not, not going four amas. However, what if you want to do that repeatedly? You want to pick something up, carry it three feet, stop. You go. You can go five feet at a time, less than six feet. You go five feet at a time, pick something up, carry it five feet, stop, take a break. Another five feet, another five feet, Midaraisa, that's much. Midaraisa, you can can go indefinitely far as long as you do it in steps of less than five feet at a time. Less than six, less than four atoms at a time. Midrabanan, you're not allowed to do that. that. Midrabanan, they were afraid that could lead to, to real carrying. Mid-rabanan, you're not allowed to do that. There are still ways that I'm going even mid-rabanan. So for example, if you use different people, if you hand it off from one person to another person, each one goes less than four amas, that might be midrabanan. There are ways, if, you're, if a person is really stuck, in certain cases, again, we don't usually recommend this you know, just for convenience, but a person's stuck, a baby or something in the street, of goes down, you know, there are certain solutions which we sometimes can do, but the point is on a derisa level for sure, carrying less than four ammos even multiple times is not at a derisa. So I remember when I was a kid, before they had a ropes, so someone like inadvertently kept, was had like a handkerchief in their pocket and they realized when they were outside, they then used one of those, you know, techniques, either give it to the, somebody else or right. walk a certain number of feet, drop it, then pick it up. And, right. Yes. Yeah. Um, so but so a couple sites so so dr. Rapp is pointing out we do find sometimes that 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 we that, again in actual experience that is the guidance we get sometimes again we don't we don't recommend this for convenience but a person's stuck, a person made a mistake a person has a, is in a situation now where it would be very difficult or it would cause them a loss or a problem not to carry we do sometimes rely. Important to know the halakha, so to have someone you can ask the halakha. But right, the, the rabbi sometimes try to teach these halakhas in advance, so you should know what to do if you're stuck in these various solutions that involve less than four amas. Simple wants to know about carrying something less than three amas and then sticking your hand down another alma. So the rules of carrying by walking, carrying by extending, carrying by moving the object are quite complicated. I don't have them all on my fingertips, so it's a good question, but I, I, I don't want to get too. Too, too enmeshed in the laws of hotel, which are again, it is good to learn them in advance so you know them when you have these situations. But uh, I, I'm not going to get more deeply into that question right now. So, so this is what this is what Rav Kapach says that they that they, they went less than four hours at a time. Again, it's it's a it's a kind of what we call a kimta. You're, you're you're making a major uh, major assumption about the proceeding, but maybe that's what they did. He quotes another scholar who says that outside Yericho was not a rishas he doesn't like this. This is actually a very, a very promising approach. The halacha is in Shabbos. There are four types of domains. Actually, I said I mentioned before two. Rishus Rab and Rishus There are actually four. There is Rishus Yachid, which is a domain enclosed by fences meeting certain criteria. That's Rishus Yachid. The our our with the strings and the poles and everything. That essentially is a legalistic, formalistic way of rendering the whole space kind of a giant Rishus Hayakid. Miles your miles and miles, but it's, 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 even though it doesn't look like a rishis, it doesn't look like a fence, but legally halakh, that's called rishis yakid, those things are called fences. That's a rishis yakid, your house, obviously, a shul is rishis yakid. A rishis, a rishis is a street. Classically, typically, it's a large, busy street. There's a makam tur, which is a space that falls into neither of those categories. It's neither clo- enclosed by walls, nor is it a busy street. Like, and and it's, in Midaraisa, it simply has, does not have the Zinn of or it's called a Makhon Midaraisa, you can carry in that space as much as you want. You can carry from that space into Rishas you can carry from Rishas Yachid into that space, you can carry from that space into Rishas Yachid. In Midaraisa, much of the world probably is considered that space. Em- just Empty areas, in between cities, forests, fields, it would all be Makhon that They're not having offenses. because they have no fences. Not Rishisarabim because they're not busy public places. So, Midiraisa, much of the world falls into this third category of With Rabbanon, is a fourth category that many areas which would otherwise be Midiraisa be considered Makumptur, Rabbanon gave a din of kind of a rabbinic Rishisarabim. That's called the Karmelis. Much I of the world friends, today we treat you know, as a caramelist. Much of the world today, as I said, would be Middle Eisen, uh, The Bana we treat as a caramelist. Many of our streets, for example, which are not that not that busy and that and that active, most streets, according to many posts, most of our public streets don't meet the very specific criteria of having massive amounts of traffic, six hundred thousand people according to some some opinions. Most of our most of our public spaces, according to the, according to many opinions, are considered caramelists for that or other reasons. Uh, Midiraisa, they'd be considered a mockum tour. Midirabana, they're considered Carmelist. Midirabana, you know carrying to carry them. Midirabana, you can't carry from your house to the street. Obviously, we know. On Shabbos we don't carry from our house to the street, not necessarily because the street is Rishasurabhan, but because it's a Carmelist, it's a, a, carmelis, a Rishasurabhan, Midirabana. That's, that, that's why we don't carry it. That's actually why, according to many posts, can our eruv works. Our eruvs involve certain, certain compromises, certain doing things not in the most ideal way, and we, don't, we wouldn't actually rely on that type of eruv, the, the typical city eruv, for a Post can say Many posts can say, if we had a bona fide album, we would not actually build an Erev the way we do. We would have higher standards for the Erev involving real walls and so on. Our Erev, which involves uh, kind of legal, fictitious walls, our Erev only works because we're operating on the presumption that we do not have a real Rishisar Abim, which requires 600,000 people or certain other conditions to be met. And therefore, we only have Kamalist Rabbanan. For Kamalist Rabbanan, we can be more lenient and we can allow the Erev we do, which is uh, the Erev of the poles and the strings and so on. Again, I'm, I'm not trying to knock the Erev we have. I'm pointing out that there are certain halakhic issues with our Erev, and many posts, including the Chavak and the Mishnah Burur, have said that the, the, our and rely on the assumption that... It's that it, it's at least possible that we don't have a real rabbin, again, which doesn't mean a person should be lenient and carry in a public street or in a street from the house to the street. It's also midrabanan But the issue is quite likely only Midrabanan and there are, there are other ramifications as well. So, for example, if you need to have a non-Jew carry for you in case, again, you can't do that for no reason, but in cases where there's a sick person or other things, it's important to know that according to many post our streets are considered rabbinic uh, domain, rabbinic haram, not is now derisa. Therefore, again, in combination with uh, with a non-Jew doing the carrying for a, for an important reason, for a sick person, or something like that, we're more lenient because many posts can establish this rule that we don't have an actual, which is a Rabbim and therefore some one, one scholar has proposed when the Jews were marching outside Yericho, the, 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 the outside Eurico was, was a Carmelist. There, there, no, there were no walls there, they were outside the walls, still the walls that had to be toppled down. And it was not a big public thoroughfare. So it was not a Rusharabin. So quite likely it was a Carmelist or Makumbutur with and Therefore there was no hotel being done because they were outside. because they were in a macumpetura and the at least there were no rules. Rav Kapak does not like this chat, he doesn't explain why, it seems like a very uh, perfectly plausible, um, um, much, it seems to me much more natural, much more of a natural assumption than his own pshat, which is that they went through less than four hours at a time, you were saying? So, so this, this is the idea that Rav Sadia claims that there was no Chil Shabbos involved because it was not Shabbos and uh, the first seven, the first six days there was no Chil Shabbos involved because they weren't fighting and the carrying somehow wasn't an issue and the chauffeur is not a malacha the seventh day was not Shabbos so Rav is in, in opposition to the idea of Kazal and the Rambam and other commentaries that say the seventh day was Shabbos. Rav says the seventh day was not Shabbos. Now it has to be remembered, Rav was writing against certain sectarians, certain heretics who were trying to challenge the, the authenticity and the, the, the authority of the Torah. It's possible he was just uh, kind of playing devil's advocate and telling them, you have no proof. And he was just, this is something we find in rabbinic literature sometimes when we're faced with attacks. On the Torah, we, we we kind of we we try to beat them at their own game. We try to just say, according to your own rules, I can explain like this, I can explain like that. It's not always a, the real answer might have been this was uh harasha, this was a special dispensation from Hashem, Adridita, this is based on Adrasha. The real answer of Sadia might have conceded was like the Rambam and other commentaries say this was an exception, even though normally you can do Malach and Shabbos. But everything has exceptions, because of Nefesh, other exceptions but uh, maybe he thought his opponents wouldn't have accepted that, so instead he told them this, uh, th- this thing, that it wasn't really Shabbos. It's possible he didn't mean that was actually the true explanation. It's possible he was just uh, playing, trying to play, play their game with their rules, that they, they were assuming that there's no Hector to fight, even on Shabbos. He was saying, even according to you, I can just explain that the seventh day wasn't Shabbos. But the Emes, Rafsadia might agree. Some suggest that the seventh day was Shabbos, following Hazel. That's speculation that at the end of the day, Rafsadia writes explicitly He does not think the seventh day was Shabbos. He thinks it was the seventh day of the seventh day process, but it was not Shabbos. While many other commentaries, Chazal, Shalmi, and the Rambam, say the seventh day was Shabbos, and they fought anyway. Ad Riddita, as the Bavli says, Ad Riddita, that you can fight. In some cases, you can fight even on Shabbos. So next time, we'll, we'll continue with the story, and next time also, I would like to spend some time discussing sometime discussing this question of whether you're allowed to fight on Shabbos. The answer, of course, is yes, if lives are at stake. But uh, what's less clear is if lives are not at stake, if, you, if you're fighting a war where you have some discretion, are you allowed to fight on Shabbos? And uh, so, so, so next, time, next time, next time, next time we will discuss uh, these questions in a little more detail. Was it the entire nation that was circling or just the armies? The men. So the question is, who was actually doing the circling? Was it the entire nation of Israel or just the fighting men? So we had a little bit earlier, and I think we discussed this in the previous year, in, in Pasuk Gimel, I'm it sure says, When Hashem gave instructions to Yeshua, He said, That the people who surrounded the city were, were all the fighting men. The, 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 the implication of that Pasuk, taken, taken at face value at least, is that it was, is that it was, the, it was the fighting men. I, I don't remember if, uh, if, if that is universally accepted, if, if, if everyone takes that Pasuk at face value, but, the, but 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 it does seem to say that it was the that there was hiding man's conception.